bonds, we can consider them a safe asset overall. 2022 was actually probably one of the worst bond markets in history. When they're not working, you start to question why you put your money in this. Since they have been discounted and probably been through the worst of it, this is a time to consider buying bonds. So for people that are younger, have ways to go to their retirement, really consider your stocks. People that are approaching retirement or in retirement, really look at buying more bonds. Yes, the bonds haven't done well, but they're probably poised to do well over the next few years, considering how far they've gone down. Ladies and gents, welcome in to the Free Retire You Show. Go to pockets for your career and your finances. I'm your host, Wealth Manager Lee Michael Murphy. Today I'm rolling solo. Thought I would give you guys an update on what's going on in the economy and give you some strategies on how to deal with high interest rates. And I thought it'd be helpful in this podcast if I broke it down. Some of the strategies that I'm gonna give you are more short-term in nature, and then some are long-term, but I think it's good to look at it in a more granular level when you're figuring out a strategy and how to deal with the current environment. So thought it would be a good podcast to give you that information, podcast or radio, whatever method you're listening to us on. But welcome in. So if you haven't listened to our podcast before, we're all about giving you tips to excel in your career, tips to help you reach financial freedom. That's what we do. We've been getting a lot of questions recently about what people should do with their money in this current economic environment. Some of the common questions that have come in, should you invest your money in CDs? They're becoming really popular. A lot of people are asking about them. People have also asked, how long are these interest rates going to last for, these higher interest rates? And should you buy a home? And then lastly, where should you invest your money? So those are common ones that were coming, that we're getting in via email. And my goal for this podcast is try to answer all of those. So you listeners have a really good idea of the top questions. And then to end, we'll give you some of those financial solutions that I spoke about in the beginning the short-term and the long-term strategies. But let's just kick it off by talking about what's going on right now in the economic environment. And if I'm going to set the stage for this, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about what's happened over the last two decades to help you understand what's going on right now. Over the last two decades, we've been in a economic strategy or cycle where the Fed wants us increase the activity of the economy because we had the Great Recession in 2008. And it really is something that has taken a long time for the economy to recover from. And we were in a period of historically low rates, favorable monetary policy, just so we could recover from that situation. Uh, and so what that has caused is it's caused rapid home buying because people have been able to buy their home for historically low rates. It's created an easy amount of money for venture capital, new companies. So we've seen a lot of that. It, it was just an error that was meant to stimulate the economy for the nation as a whole. And now let's fast forward to today and how things have changed over the last couple of years. During COVID, everyone's aware that there was a lot of money pumped into the system, probably too much money printed, but the Fed did that because they didn't know if they would have a vaccine for COVID. And now we are dealing with the repercussions from all of those activities that were done during COVID to keep us afloat. So inflation was running out of control over the last year and a half. It's come down significantly, but 
about a year and a half ago, inflation was at a scary level. We've made great strides since then. The Fed, to slow down this, this locomotive, has had to drastically increase rates, and they've done it at a pace that's unprecedented. And now you're starting to see things start to slow down. But like I've said in past podcasts, it really hasn't been that long in the whole grand scheme of things. It may seem like a long time, but we're right around like a year and a half. And that's what it takes for monetary policy to take hold. I think now you'll start to see inflation come down at a faster rate than it has. It's been pretty persistent over the last few months. But if we go back to the summer of 2022, we had inflation up at 9%. And when they made the changes, the inflation rate went down quite rapidly. But over the last few months, it seems like the progress in the fight against inflation is progressing, but it's slowed down significantly. So right now, we're seeing homes that are have dropped a little bit in price on the West Coast, maybe not so much on the East Coast, but they haven't dropped that much. But the price to buy them is significantly higher than it was two years ago, just because the mortgage rates have gone up significantly. Companies, they're calling this the year of efficiency. I'm sure you've heard all the layoffs between the big companies from Google to Microsoft to Facebook, laying off tens of thousands of employees, cutting back on projects because this is the year of efficiency. And what we're seeing is a lot of the sectors during the last year and a half have been hit pretty hard. So stocks in certain areas have hit been hit pretty hard such as the health and technology sectors, bonds have been hit pretty hard. And we're seeing banking really struggle. And I've talked about this before on past episodes, but the reason banking has struggled is because of the bond market. We had a historically terrible bond market in 2022. It was one of the things that the media didn't really talk about a lot, but it was significant in what was happening there. And What happened is a lot of these regional banks invested their money into the bond market, didn't make really crazy investments, but because bonds tank so much and they're generally considered safe assets, it really hurt a lot of the smaller and even some of the mid-sized banks like Silicon Valley Bank was a top 20 bank. They got shut down, not for doing anything too crazy, but they invested in mortgage-backed securities, long-term government bonds, things that are normally considered pretty conservative. But there's always points in history when things aren't, even when they seem safe. And so it was, a, I think, a good lesson for everybody and that no matter how safe you think an asset can be, there's always times where it's going to be tested. And 2022 showed that. A lot of the banks went out of business. Some of the big ones like Signature, Silicon Valley Bank, First Republic. But I still think there's more to come. And I've said that before. When the banking, when the first bank went under, I said, this is not something that is going away. What the bank did that went under, and I think the first big one was a Silicon Valley Bank, it wasn't anything too crazy. So that's why I knew that we were going to see more of these. And we'll probably still see a couple big headlines over the next six months of banks that are really struggling. So let's talk about the questions, the common questions that have been coming in. Should I put my money into CDs? This is something that's becoming very popular because CDs 
are uh, paying higher rates than they've paid in multiple decades. And a lot of people are thinking, ah, I got to move all my money to CDs because CDs are, depending on your bank, could pay anywhere from two and a half, some paying close to five, some of the smaller banks. And it's pretty nice. And it's a breath of fresh air when before this period, if you put your money in a CD, you might get a quarter of a percent or maybe half a percent, not much. What's the point? But now you're getting some decent return numbers with your CDs. Now I'd say this goes down to, and I'll get more in detail on this, but if you need the money and you don't want to invest it, I guess the CDs are a good spot, but you shouldn't go overboard because there's better investments than CDs. And right now, in my opinion, I feel that the total market, not just the S&P 500, but the total market as a whole is still down 10 plus percent from the highs that it was at. So you still have discounts of assets you can buy and make a healthy return if you're willing to wait a few years. But if you have some money and it's it's for emergencies and it's not doing anything, I think a good chunk of that money is stuff that you should consider for your CDs. But I don't think it should be your long-term investment strategy because a lot of people are now acting like CDs are going to be the strategy of the future. And when inflation gets back down to normal levels, things will change and CDs won't be paying what they're paying. So it is a short-term strategy, a short-term solution. Don't look at it as this is something that you're going to repeat year after year and you got this new strategy and it makes so much more sense because although it feels good right now, this will not be the situation as we progress into the future. Another big question we've been getting, when will interest rates go down? This one is a tough one. I don't have a crystal ball, but I would say my guess would be somewhere around 12 to 24 months before we really see interest rates start to go down. And I know people are thinking, well, it's been pretty high. Inflation's down at 3%. Maybe interest rates will start going down. The reality of the situation, and I've spoken about this in the past, is there's your CPI and then there's your core CPI metric. And they're very different. Right now you're getting your inflation number right around 3% and the Democrats, people in the Fed are highlighting that. Oh, look what we've done. We've got it down to 3%. But really, the big metric that they're looking at is core CPI. And that's basically your inflation minus energy and food. That's still really high. It's around 4.3% as of the end of August. And that needs to go back down to the levels of around 2% before all this inflation happens. So we are still a ways away in that category. And so we can't look at it like, oh, we're almost there. That core CPI has a ways to go to get down to the 2% level. And it's been a slow grind downwards over the last few months. So I think we'll eventually get there. But for us to get to that level and then for the rates to change, we're probably looking at a good 12 to 24 months. I could be wrong on that, but that's just my guess. Some of the research that I, and articles I've been reading, that makes more sense to me as opposed to a quick all of a sudden change in rates. Another big question we'll be getting, should I buy a home? Great question. And I think that all comes down to your situations. I'm not a fan of just putting out blanket statements. This is a bad time to buy. This is a great time to buy. I think it is very dependent on your situation. And I'm someone that I've said on this podcast time and time again, I love when people can buy their home. It's a great way to build wealth. 
it's not the best way, but it's something that's better than a savings account. It's really great for people that need financial discipline as there's no, no bigger encouragement to pay into something if you're going to get kicked out of your house. It's great for those folks. But right now, I think a thing that we need to look at is the 2836 rule. And that is basically of the income that you bring in, 28% should go to your mortgage. Your 36 is the total debt that you're paying. You should try to keep your house payment to 28% of your gross income. But if you don't have any debt and you don't see yourself getting any debt, I guess you could get closer to the 36%. But I think at a time like this, that is such a vital rule to go by because you're in an environment where debt is getting higher and very expensive. You don't want to overdo it if you're going to make a big purchase like a home. So make sure that you can check that box off. If you're going to buy a home right now, that debt with that high interest rate can be deadly. So don't bite off more than you can chew. And now let's go into some of the short and long-term solutions. And in this, I will highlight some of the areas that you can look at in investments. Everything I mentioned in here is not investment advice. So always consult your financial professional. But through these short-term and long-term strategies that I'm about to give you, you will be able to explore and think about some different investment strategies. So the first part of the short-term is have higher cash on hand. Right now, borrowing is just crazy expensive. The cost of debt is high. So it's good to have cash on hand so you don't have to get debt. The next one is you got to budget. Budgeting is extremely important at this point in time, just because the cost of everything has gone up significantly over the last year and a half. My wife and I, we went out to dinner over the weekend and we went to this restaurant that we've been to before in the past. We generally get out of there with a $80 to $90 meal, generally go there every six months. It's a great place to take our dog and they have a little dog menu. We love it. But that dinner, we bought some of the things that we always get when we go out to dine, cost us around 150 bucks after the tip. And that, that is something that's happening everywhere. If you go out, you're realizing that pre-pandemic dining is very different than now. It's, it's significantly more expensive. And that's the same with just shopping and entertainment. We're seeing it all across the board. So that has to be factored in. And I think right now, a lot of us, aren't factoring that in. We are looking at how life was before the pandemic and the 10 to 20 years before that. And that's how we are still operating. And I think it's crucial that we really wake up and realize what we are truly spending in our discretionary spending in terms of food and travel and groceries. Groceries are discretionary, but we can go overboard on our groceries. So getting a better handle of what that looks like, I think is important. Budgeting is extremely important right now. Next one, the next short-term strategy is investing in high-yield savings accounts and CDs. Yes, this is not the long-term option, as I said in the beginning, but this is a great place to park some money. If you got some cash and you don't know what to do with it and you think you might use it, Look at a CD, look at a three-month, six-month, they have nine-month, they have 12-month CDs. You can ladder them, which I think is a great strategy. So instead of putting all your money in a one-year CD, ladder it. Ask if they have a three-month, ask if they have a six-month, ask if they have a nine-month. That way you have money maturing 
frequently and you don't have to worry about big penalties. And when you put all your money in a CD, you'll be subject to a, a penalty for whatever the time frame is. Then you have about two weeks to exit the CD. But if you don't do anything, it reinvests and then the penalty gets back on there. I think when you ladder your CDs, it's a great strategy because you will always have money coming due for things that you might need it for. And it's just, it's an, it's a nice flow to your cash and uh, safe investments. Consider that. Next is reduce your debt. Right now, it is, like I said, it is very expensive to hold debt. So you don't want to be using a lot of credit cards, car loans. You are going to get destroyed if you're using those sort of loans at this point in time. So try to pay those down. Those are forms of bad debt. If you listen to this before in the past, I talk about the difference between good debt and bad debt, and there is a significant difference and you need to understand that. I'm not going to go too much into that on this episode, but please, if you have money you're putting on your credit card and you can't pay that off every month, please stop. You're only hurting yourself. And I get it. You always want to buy that next car. This is not the time. So show some uh, discipline in that area of your life and you'll be rewarded for it because right now uh, your debt is expensive. The other thing we can look at in the short term, investing in energy and commodities is something to consider. Now I am going to preface that I do not like investing in commodities. I've mentioned that time and time again. I think that they are overrated in terms of investments. They have periods where they do well and long periods where they don't do well. And yes, I understand there's a lot of people out there that sell commodities like gold and silver and they're touted as being great. They don't have the backing when people tell you that, oh, they're amazing investments. Gold, silver, basically done right around what inflation has done over the last century. So done better than cash, but very volatile and not safe. So I think personally, Going into what we just went through, if I was more of a short-term investor, I would have put my money in energy because it just makes sense when you have high periods of inflation. If you invest in energy companies, you're going to make some money. And that's what you've seen over the last year and a half. I've seen energy companies do very well. And I still think we are in a period where they have a little bit of room to run up, even though they've gone up quite significantly. But right now we are at the tail end of this high inflation war. And once that core inflation, like I talked about in the beginning, gets back down to normal levels, it would not surprise me if the energy and commodity sectors tanked rapidly. I'm not saying they will, but that's the risk that could happen. And that's a big reason why I tend to stay away from investing in energy and commodities. But if you're more short-term and you feel like, ah, I need to invest for the short-term and I want to make some money and take some risk, don't rule it out. It, that could be good for you. Something I don't really subscribe to, but there's an argument to be made over the next year, a uh, year and a half, that could still be a good sector to be in. Now onto the long-term. This is still a great time to shop for stocks. Like I said, market as a whole is still down over 10%. We've had a good recovery, but there are still some fantastic deals out there. Now, what should you look for if you're trying to buy some company stock? Look for companies that have good amounts of cash. Cash is important, especially in a time like this when cost of debt is high. If you look at a company's balance sheet and they have minimal cash, I would be wary, but look for companies that have good deals of cash on their balance sheet, 
because they're going to have options and they're going to have opportunities in this sort of environment. Invest into companies that have low debt and what you can look for. And like I said, this isn't investment advice, but there's a lot of technology companies, health companies, cannabis companies, cryptocurrency those areas are still down significantly over the last year and a half. For the more aggressive investor, the investor that has a long-term outlook, it could be a great spot to invest, one of those. But like I said, be very cautious in this area. My personal rule is try to keep 10% or less of your assets in single stocks, but you can look at buying sectors there. You can look at buying some very high quality companies, but do not buy low quality. So the, one of the biggest mistakes I see investors make is they're going to buy a company in one of those spaces that has gone down 90 and they don't make any money, but they could turn it around. That's just gambling. So make sure whatever you're looking at, the revenue is solid. They have good cash on hand and they're an innovative company that's going places. They're doing something that's cutting edge, something that separates them from the competition. Those are all important things to consider if you're looking at that more aggressive stance. Next, bonds. Bonds, we don't talk about bonds enough. Bonds are not really considered sexy, but bonds are a really important part of your retirement and you need to have a portion of your money invested in there. They're not going to do nothing close to what your stocks do, but they are a still a great asset to have. And Right now, bonds, we can consider them a safe asset overall. Over this last year and a half, they have not been. 2022 was actually probably one of the worst bond markets in history. Another headline that wasn't out there that much, but to me, it was very significant. 250 years, probably the worst bond market we've had. I got some stats from the U.S. Treasury, and we have intermediate term U.S. Treasuries at negative 10.6% for 2022. The total US bond market was down roughly 13.1. Long-term US bonds, treasuries down negative 29.3. And then long-term investment grade down roughly 27%. And that's going back to why the banks are struggling. These assets have always been considered safe, but I've never considered them safe because I've seen the years where they don't do so well, they're not often, but when they're not working, you start to question why well, you put your money in this. Since they have been discounted and they've probably been through the worst of it, this is a time to consider buying bonds. So for people that are younger, have ways to go to their retirement, really consider your stocks. People that are approaching retirement or in retirement, really look at buying more bonds. Yes, the bonds haven't done well, but they're probably poised to do well over the next few years, considering how far they've gone down. Next, fixed interest rates or fixed interest rate mortgages. Talked about that on a past podcast. That's one of the other underrated places to look at when you're looking at your financial situation. A fixed rate 30-year mortgage does not sound sexy, but it is a great way to fight this battle with high rates and high inflation. So right now, it's challenging to get that. But I would say some situations you can find a reasonable mortgage rate. And when you get an opportunity for 5% or below, make sure you try to lock it in. These variable rate mortgages, scary place to be right now. Also during 2008, that was part of the issue why people going bankrupt is because of those sort of mortgage rates. The fixed rate mortgage is a great strategy for the long term. 
and to make sure that you have stability in high inflationary and high rate environments. So something to consider when that opportunity is available. But right now, from what we're seeing, 30 years are right around seven, a little bit high, but it could be higher and it might go higher. So next one, look at real estate. And I'm going to preface this one. Investing in your primary residence is might be challenging right now for a lot of folks, but investment real estate, if you can make a property cash flow through different real estate strategies, that is still a great thing to consider. So you can buy a prop like a single family and if you don't have a lot to put down, you rent that out, it's probably not going to cash flow at this point in time because of the high mortgage rate environment. But what if you bought a property and there was an ADU on the property, or you had the ability to finance an ADU or build in a junior ADU onto the property or add units if it's a bigger apartment complex. If you can add in those doors and units to make it cash flow, it's still a great investment, but you're going to really have to analyze the deal and make sure it works. So I think that is another great strategy. So hopefully from going over this episode, you walked away with a few great nuggets that can help you. If you have any questions, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretire.com. We'd love to help you out and give you some direction, but yeah, appreciate the love and support and make sure you subscribe to us. We're on every major podcast outlet and uh, also on Elevation Radio. I'm your host, manager lee michael murphy thanks for joining me so long for now securities offered through securities america advisors inc member finra www.finra.org sipc www.sipc.org a separate entity lee michael murphy is licensed with the california department of insurance license 0h18660 Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities American Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities American Advisors, and Securities American Incorporated are separate entities. Career advisor Sergio Patterson, attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities American Advisors or Securities American Incorporated. Securities American Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party sourced information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.